there, you're listening to the My Sleeping Baby podcast, which is all about baby and child sleep. I'm so excited to teach you how you can get your little one sleeping so that you can sleep too and enjoy parenthood to its fullest. I'm Eva Klein, your resident sleep expert, mom of three, founder of the Sleep Bible online coaching program and lover of all things sleep and motherhood. If you're looking for tangible solutions for your little one's sleep woes, or you simply want to learn more, this podcast is for you. For more information, check out mysleepingbaby.com, and you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at mysleepingbaby. Okay, welcome back to the show. So today... I want to talk all about newborn sleep and what you can do in this newborn stage with a zero to three month old in the sleep department to really help maximize sleep. And I specifically want to address the question of whether or not any form of sleep training is appropriate when you have a newborn. Now, the short answer to that question is no, you can't sleep train a newborn, but There is so much that you can do in this newborn stage regardless that can really get your little one off on the right foot from the very beginning. So today, I'm going to talk about why you can't sleep train a newborn and what you can do in the sleep department to maximize your little one's sleep instead. Okay, so let me just take a step back here first and explain in a nutshell what sleep training is so that I can better explain to you why sleep training is just not something that we can do for newborns in terms of traditional sleep training. So traditional sleep training methods refer to approaches that we use with infants, toddlers, and preschoolers to teach them how to sleep independently so that they are not relying on external sleep crutches to help them fall asleep. The reason why we oftentimes will sleep train babies and toddlers and preschoolers is because if a child of any age relies on something external to fall asleep, specifically a child at the age of four months and onwards, if they rely on something external like feeding, rocking, holding, someone lying down next to them until they fall asleep. And this is something that they can't recreate on their own. It means that there is technically nothing stopping them from waking up at night unnecessarily at the end of a sleep cycle, needing help to go back to sleep. Now, the other piece of background information that I want to give you here about newborn sleep training per se is a basic understanding of what newborn sleep patterns look like. You see, newborns have fairly unique sleep patterns that differ from ours in that they're not cycling in and out of deep and light sleep just yet. Rather, they sleep in what are usually fairly short spurts of sleep that revolve pretty extensively around their need to eat. And so that's why newborns, especially the younger newborns, are usually sleeping, waking up, eating, up for a few minutes, and then going right back to sleep before the routine begins. When they graduate that newborn phase, 
and they become an infant, that's when their sleep cycles become more adult-like and they begin to cycle in and out of deep and light sleep. When babies reach that milestone, it means that they also begin to develop the ability to self-soothe. And so when you have a baby that learns, that can learn how to self-soothe, it means that they can learn how to fall asleep independently and how to fall back to sleep independently. And then as your little one gets older, those self-soothing skills of theirs are going to become more refined and stronger overall. And so why can't we sleep train newborns? Well, there's numerous reasons. One of them is that they're just not developmentally ready for it. As I said, newborns have sleep patterns that are very immature, for lack of a better word. They are newborns. They're teeny, teeny, tiny. Newborns have the need for very frequent feeds and diaper changes and burps and nurturing. And because their sleep is so unpredictable and is influenced by their very frequent basic needs, trying to impose any sort of sleep training schedule or method onto a newborn is likely going to be counterproductive because it's going to go against and disrupt their natural feeding and growth patterns. Newborns also have very limited self-soothing abilities. As I was saying before, they're still developing their ability to self-soothe and they rely pretty extensively on external comfort and soothing mechanisms to be able to fall asleep and regulate their emotions. And if we ever try to expect a newborn to self-soothe and fall asleep completely independently using a traditional sleep training method, this is likely going to be very unrealistic to expect of a newborn. And it's likely going to cause you and your baby a lot of unnecessary stress. And then the last really important point about newborn sleep patterns is that newborns require very frequent feeds day and night. Yes, they might be able to give you one longer stretch of sleep. We'll talk about that soon. But otherwise, they're typically eating every two to three hours. And they're nowhere near being able to sleep all the way through the night just yet or be able to give you lots of bigger stretches of sleep. And so we don't want to be doing any sort of traditional behavioral sleep training as that could easily interfere with their necessary calorie intake for healthy growth and development over that 24-hour period. And this is specifically why the American Academy of Pediatrics advises against formal sleep training methods for newborns because they emphasize how important it is to respond to these newborn babies' needs promptly, specifically nighttime feed. Now, don't sweat it. I want you to know that there is still so much that you can do to improve your little one's sleep that doesn't need to involve sleep training. I get how exhausting this newborn stage can be, but I do want you to know that there are ways to make this more manageable. And so, one of the things that I would advise you to do in terms of maximizing your newborn sleep is to implement what are known as the five S's. So the five S's, the, the term five S's, was coined by the famous Dr. Harvey Karp, who is a world-renowned pediatrician. He wrote the book, The Happiest Baby on the Block, and he talks about really effective ways to be able to soothe a newborn baby by recreating the conditions that your newborn was living in in the womb for nine months. Because the womb is so familiar to your newborn, that's all 
you're a newborn new until very recently. The goal is to use these five S's, the techniques outlined in these five S's so that we can recreate that womb-like environment for your little one, which is going to naturally be calming for them and help them settle and relax. Okay, so let's talk about swaddling, which is the first S of the five S's. So swaddling basically involves wrapping your little one up in a lightweight blanket, which mimics the feeling, the tight feeling of being in the womb for nine months, especially near the end when the baby got bigger, there wasn't much room for your little one to move around. And so the gentle pressure that, um, swaddling provides your little one, it gives them a really nice sense of security. It reduces that startle reflex, which is where your little one is sort of jolting their arms uncontrollably. And it as a result of preventing and reducing the startle reflex, it helps prevent your little one from waking themselves up from these jerky movements. And so this is why I am a huge fan of proper swaddling as it really allows for longer and more restful sleep. In terms of any recommendations that I have for swaddle blankets, you guys know that I am a big believer in do whatever works. Whatever swaddle blanket you're using at home, if that one happens to work for your little one, continue to use it. That being said, I do have a soft spot for the Miracle Blanket. And the reason for that was because Eliana, my second baby, was a very, very squirmy, high needs, difficult, fussy baby where any regular, ordinarily, ordinary swaddle blanket was just not doing the trick for her. She was squirming herself out of it, no problem. The muslin blankets that I grabbed from the hospital and the nurse tried to show me what to do, I could not figure out how to burrito wrap my little one the way that the nurses could. And so the design of the Miracle Blanket is so genius that it was the only blanket that I could I could actually figure out how to use and would actually work to help my really fussy babies settle. So I had to give them a shout out because um, they saved my butt during that newborn stage, that's for sure. Now, once your little one is properly swaddled, that's when we move on to the second S, which is otherwise known as the side or stomach position. When we talk about holding your little one in a side or stomach position, we're not talking about them sleeping in that position. We're not talking about putting them down to sleep in a bassinet on their side or stomach. They always need to be sleeping on their backs. This is simply for the purposes of you holding them, trying to calm them down and relax. What's great about the side or stomach position is that it can also really help provide your little one comfort by relieving gas and colic symptoms. All right, so you've done the first two S's where your little one is swaddled up and you're holding them on their side or their stomach. The next S is shushing. So creating a repetitive shushing sound, either using your voice or using a white noise machine, really mimics the loud sound that your newborn was used to hearing day and night inside the womb. The womb is thought to be very loud, as if your little one is listening to a vacuum cleaner. And so this is why swaddling your little one up while holding them on their sides and then shushing them in their ear can be incredibly calming for them. So if you've used the three, these first three S's and your little one is still fussy, that's when you would move on to the fourth S, which is known as swinging. So swinging just refers to very gentle rhythmic movements like 
rocking, swaying, or using a baby swing. The reason why this is calming to your baby is because it it stimulates the motion that they experienced in the womb living inside you for nine months. The final S that you would move on to if the fourth, if the first four S's have not calmed your baby down is sucking. So allowing your baby to suck on something like a pacifier, a bottle, a breast, or your finger can also really have a calming effect. This is because for newborns, sucking is a natural reflex and it can really help them relax and fall asleep. And I will just mention that I go into the implementation of these five S's in much more detail in my newborn sleep course called Getting a Head Start All About Newborn Sleep. So if you want more advice on how exactly to execute these techniques so that they help your little one relax and fall asleep, definitely check out that course. All right, let's now move on and talk about how creating an optimal sleep environment for good quality sleep can really help your newborn sleep well. So first of all, you want to make sure that you're the room that your little one is sleeping in, whether it's your bedroom or their nursery, is as conducive to good quality sleep. So once your newborn has graduated those first few weeks of life and they no longer are suffering from day-night confusion, that's when you want to make sure that your little one's room has heavy-duty blackout blinds so that they can easily fall asleep at bedtime and nap time. You as I mentioned before, introduce a white noise machine and ensure that it's always on when your little one is sleeping since white noise mimics that loud sound in the womb and is going to be inherently calming to your little one. In terms of the temperature in your little one's room, you definitely want to make sure that it's on the cooler side, somewhere between 19 and 22 degrees Celsius. This is in accordance with the AAP's recommendations on reducing the risk of SIDS. So also make sure that your little one's sleep environment is safe, that they're sleeping on a flat, firm surface, no loose sheets or bedding or blankets or anything that can be a suffocation hazard. At the same time, I do want you to know that you don't need to be housebound with your newborn taking all their naps at home if you don't want to be. Naps on the go are totally fine. So allow your little one to nap in the stroller, in the car, in a baby carrier, whatever works so that this way you ensure that your little one is napping when they need to be napping and you can get out of the house and have a life. All right, let's move on to tip number three for maximizing sleep in the newborn stage. And that is introducing a bedtime routine. Bedtime routines for babies of all ages, including newborns, are incredibly powerful. Interestingly, we actually have some research on this topic that proves just how effective a bedtime routine can be at diminishing the amount of bedtime battles and stresses that you can have around getting your little one to sleep, as well as reducing the number of night wakings in babies. And this includes newborns as young as three weeks. So don't ever think that your newborn is too young for a bedtime routine because they're really not. It doesn't need to be something complicated or long and drawn out. It just needs to be a fairly consistent sequence of events that lets your little one know and cues them that sleep time is coming. So for example, perhaps you 
bathe them, you get them changed, you offer them a feed, you get them into their swaddle, you sing them a quick goodnight song, and then you get them to sleep. There you go. That's your bedtime routine. The other really great thing about calming, enjoyable bedtime routines for all babies, including newborns, is that when you're consistently engaging in these calming, enjoyable activities right before they go to sleep, your baby learns to associate going to sleep with something enjoyable. So don't wait. Don't hold off on introducing this routine. Introduce it now. And this is something that your little one is going to continue to have for months and years to come. The routine itself is going to morph into a six-month-old version or a two-year-old version of what you're doing today. But the concepts are all the same. Tip number four, and this is huge. Minimize overtiredness by ensuring that your little one is napping frequently. You guys, I can't tell you, I can't emphasize enough how powerful this step is. You see, when babies and toddlers and preschoolers become overtired, newborns part of the equation here, it means that their bodies begin producing higher levels of cortisol, which is a stress hormone. And when you have higher levels of cortisol in your system, it's going to make it much, much harder for your little one to fall asleep and stay asleep. And I can't tell you how common it is that I see newborns up for periods of time during the day that are just too long. And this might be because they're never really looking tired or they can look like they are happy and awake and calm when the reality is that they're actually getting very overtired in that moment. And you can end up paying the price for that in the middle of the night if they're up for too long during the day. Because remember, what goes on during the day directly impacts what happens at night. Newborns can typically not be up for very long periods before they begin to get tired and need to go back to sleep. Their wake periods might be as short as 45 to 60 minutes maximum. And that includes the length of the feed. So if you feel like you need better guidance on how long your little one can likely be up for at any point before they need to go back to sleep, I actually have a free sleep chart that you can download. I'm going to link to it below. So that you can grab that free chart that has all of my suggested wake windows as well as nap totals and night totals for little ones ages zero all the way up to age five. You guys, this step is really huge. I really, really, really can't emphasize enough how powerful it is to reduce overtiredness in your little one by prioritizing their naps in the name of being able to get them falling asleep more easily at bedtime and sleeping better at night. All right, tip number five, maximize your baby's daytime feeds. Look, it goes without saying that whatever your little one doesn't eat during the day, they're going to have to compensate by eating more at night. And if you want to be able to get a sizable stretch of sleep from your newborn from the get-go, then you want to make sure that your little one is eating on demand full feeds throughout the day to make that happen. So this means that when breastfeeding is established, a breastfed baby is usually nursing about every two hours or so during the day. A bottle-fed baby is usually going more like every three hours. But what you do want to make sure of is that you're feeding them 
at the beginning of the wake period instead of near the end, because you don't want them getting sleepy at the end of that wake period and then potentially falling asleep halfway through their feed. By feeding them at the beginning of the wake window, you're giving them the opportunity to eat until they are full as opposed to eat until they can't keep their eyes open. And tip number six, try to put your baby to sleep in the bassinet drowsy but awake, i.e. not 100% asleep, once a day. That's it, just once a day. And you can do this by getting your little one down, half awake, half asleep, and then encouraging them and soothing them to fall asleep in the bassinet. And so there's various different techniques that you can use to encourage this. You can rock the bassinet itself while shushing to encourage your little one to settle. You can push them in the stroller if you're using a stroller bassinet attachment. You can put a heavy hand on their chest while you are shushing very loudly as a means of calming them and settling them. You can try rubbing their back or patting them lightly. Again, all as a means of helping them encourage to settle and soothe themselves to sleep. This is not something that I recommend trying all day long. In fact, I would only ever try this either at bedtime or for the first nap of the day since those sleeps are sleeps that have the strongest amount of external sleep pressure, making it easiest for them to be able to pull this off. So that's when I would suggest doing this. Now, over time, the idea here is that whatever soothing and assistance you're giving your little one to fall asleep in the bassinet, the idea is that you're going to try to gradually reduce the amount of assistance and support that you give them over time so that you eventually get to that point where you're able to simply put your little one in the bassinet wide awake say goodnight and leave the room and have them fall asleep totally by themselves. Now, on a personal note, when I had JJ, my third baby, who was my first baby that I had as a pediatric sleep consultant, I applied everything that I just mentioned to his sleep from basically the very beginning. And the results that I had from him were outstanding. By the time he was two weeks old, he was putting himself to sleep completely on his own at bedtime without any crying. He was giving me four to five hour stretches of sleep. By the time he was two to three weeks old, he was sleeping eight hour stretches of sleep. By the time he was six weeks old, and yes, he is exclusively breastfed. No, I did not have insane amounts of creamy milk. And I was getting one and a half to two hour naps from him in the bassinet daily by the time he was two months old. And of course, it goes without saying, I did not do any sleep training with JJ. Rather, I applied all this advice that I just mentioned to his sleep habits from the very beginning, all of which I had been teaching thousands of families how to do. I finally had my own baby too apply it to. And oh my gosh, were the results worthwhile. Applying these techniques allowed me to have a happy, well-rested baby. It allowed me to be well-rested. And it meant that I could actually enjoy the newborn stage, which is something that you really can't put a price tag on. And a lot of moms will respond to this by saying, yeah, but Eva, how did you do this with two other kids at home. Maybe this is something I can do if this was my first baby, but this is my second. This is my third. This is my fourth. How am I supposed to be executing all this? And 
I'll tell you, I, I love this question, first of all, because remember, when I had JJ, my girls were seven and four when he was born. And the answer that I give you involves actually twisting the question around. And this is how I respond. I basically say, look, how could I not be doing all of this when I have other kids at home? I mean, after all, introducing all these healthy sleep habits for my newborn meant that I was more well-rested, allowing me to be calmer and more relaxed and more patient with my older ones who were still kind of little. And prioritizing JJ's sleep also meant that he barely ever cried throughout the day because I was always five steps ahead of the game, knowing what he's going to need before he even realized. And so doing all of this led to a massive decrease in my stress levels and my family's stress levels. And so to me, it was a no-brainer to be making the effort at first to be intentional about my newborn sleep from the get-go because it made my life easier. I even remember the very first time that JJ gave me an eight-hour stretch of sleep when he was about five and a half or six weeks old. And I posted about it in my uh, Facebook community group, my free Facebook group. And I had so many responses from fellow moms of newborns whose babies were not sleeping eight hour stretches. They weren't even sleeping four hour stretches going, oh my gosh, Eva, can you teach me how to do that? I need my baby to sleep even half the amount that JJ is sleeping. And that is honestly what led to the birth of my newborn sleep course called Getting a Head Start All About Newborn Sleep. JJ was the inspiration for that um, because of all this demand that I had from other moms who wanted to learn how to also be able to maximize their newborn sleep. And so in this very affordable sleep course of mine, this is where I take you through everything that you need to know about maximizing your newborn sleep without doing any form of newborn sleep training for your little one, but ensuring that everything really does work and really does get you results. And so while I never recommend any form of traditional sleep training for a newborn, I want you to be assured that there are gentle approaches that you can use that prioritize meeting a newborn's needs while still encouraging health healthy sleep habits early on, which is a win-win for everyone. So don't underestimate the importance of using those five S's, establishing a healthy sleep environment, introducing a bedtime routine, eliminating overtiredness, maximizing your little one's daytime feeds, and putting your newborn baby down in their bassinet, drowsy but awake once a day. The process can sometimes take a little bit of time and patience and consistency up front, but I promise you that it will be worth it in the end. One last thing that I do want to mention before I let you guys go, I want to also emphasize that some newborns may naturally develop these self-soothing skills and just get it right away, while others might take more time and patience. Don't turn yourself into a pretzel trying to get your screaming newborn baby to sleep in the bassinet if he is just not having it and it's not working. Try again the next day or the next week or the next month. At the end of the day, do what is going to make your life easiest. This is not meant to make your life more stressful. If it is working, continue to do it. If it's not working, 
Don't worry, you can always sleep train your baby when you get to that four to five month mark anyways. I hope that this was all helpful and that you were able to get even one really good practical tip that you can apply to your newborn sleep hygiene so that you can get yourself some better sleep in that newborn stage. Thanks again for listening in and have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend who can benefit from it. I also love hearing from my listeners, so feel free to DM me on Instagram at mysleepingbaby or send me an email at eva at mysleepingbaby.com. Until next time, have a wonderful, restful night.